When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, Fantasy Football family? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of the hosts of the show, Eugene, and you can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And as always, I am joined with the other host of the show, Ike. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Uh, I, I There have been better days. I know last week I came on these airwaves at the very beginning. And said Mavs in five. That was obviously a <laughs> mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, was. Uh, you know, it was obviously a mistake. A lot of shit just, uh, you know, hit the fan, hit the fan. But uh, we're not here to talk about basketball. Go Mavs tonight. Hopefully you can extend the series out, you know, prolong the inevitable. But hey, um, but yeah, um, I'm ex- I, I feel I feel OK. Um, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm excited to, to continue this, you know, uh, division team preview uh, series and right now we're doing the AFC North today so this is a pretty intriguing um, division it had the AFC champions in it um it also has you know the, the Cleveland Browns who've had a pretty uh interesting offseason to say the least yep <laughs> so yeah this is this is this is going to be one of uh one of our one of our most intriguing um team previews yeah i can definitely agree with that um now, before we start, we just want to, you know, speak real quick about, you know, the shooting that happened at the elementary school in San Antonio, which is what, four hours from us. It's just it's crazy to hear another shooting uh, this time involved with kids. Just it's just it's just sad, man. Like you just hope at some point that the people that are elected in these seats in D.C. finally do something about gun control. It's just I mean, people are tired of hearing Hearing people getting killed senselessly, you know, week after week. I mean, this is what the third one in 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 two weeks now. Yeah, so yeah, it's just yeah. it's sad, man. Just you know, condolences to the ones that they lost kids, man, kids to to an yeah, adult that's, for, for that's, whatever. That's reason. the most that's the most gut wrenching gut wrenching thing about it. You know, you send your kids to school, and then you you know, you're as a parent, you get that call that you know there's a shooting. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine like what, you know, what goes through their minds, you know, when they hear that, when they hear that call. And, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really sad, it was, it's a really sad day today. And, you know, you just, you know, we just hope that at some point, like we, there's some change. Um, like you said, with the people that are in the, in these seats, like some sort of change, man, like, cause 
yeah, it, it's it's just it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, but on me on that note, we do have to get to the show. Uh, like we said, we're gonna hit fantasy previews. Uh, we're in the AFC North, and you know, no better way to you know, start this division off but with the most polarizing team in the division, which is the this the Cleveland Browns. Um, per PFF, they had their offense rated at, at number fourteen. Uh, this pre this offseason, they made moves. Uh, they got Mary, Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys for a fifth round pick, so basically for free compared to everything else that how the uh, fantasy the free agent market moved. They they got a pretty good deal of getting um, uh, Amari Cooper. So worst Dallas trade of the offseason for the yeah, Cowboys. Dallas definitely Dallas definitely upped that one up. Uh, we also did get Deshaun Watson. He finally got traded. He got traded to the Browns also for three first round picks. You know, and then also signed a, a first time ever five year, $230 million guarantee, fully guaranteed contract, which is the largest in history um, for somebody that didn't even play last year. And then with the legal issues, this is uh, definitely a big come up for, you know, for Cleveland and their offense. And they're taking a big chance. So, yeah. um, you know, they wanted to upgrade that quarterback position from Baker Mayfield or Mayfield <laughs> or however you want to say his last name. So, <laughs> Mayfield. Yeah, and they also signed uh, Jakeen Grant. Whoever, I mean, that ever if that tickles anybody's fancy, drafted David Bell in the best third ball. round. No, no, probably best ball, <laughs> a good best ball target. You know, yeah, they drafted David Bell in the third round. I know a lot of people didn't like like how he performed in the combine and his pro day. His RAS score was really low, but uh, I think it's a solid pickup for 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 Cleveland. And then also they released Jarvis Landry and who is now with the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, yeah, just, you know, like we said, Baker Mayfield, he pretty much is jobless, even though he is on a, on, on the Cleveland roster. It just, it's just a, a looming cloud over, over that franchise is just how are we going to, how or when are we going to get rid of this guy? Um, so hopefully, Hopefully they figure that out. I know they're probably holding on to him be- also because of the factor of uh, Deshaun Watson's legal uh, situation. Nobody, nobody has a clue how this is going to end up. You know, you want to keep make Baker for for security reasons, just in case. They also did also sign Jacoby Brissett, uh, just in case. Also, so I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of looming factors that are just surrounding that quarterback room that they need to, to work through. Yeah, and I, I believe they signed Jacoby Brissett to a pretty decent deal for a backup. So yeah, I think he's pretty locked. He's pretty much locked in as the as the as the backup to whoever's going to start. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, when he he'll get suspended, I think I, I've been reading around four to maybe six games is what he'll probably end up getting. And then, um, you know, the you know, one of the big one of the bigger questions we'll touch on a little bit later on is what are they what are the Browns going to do with Baker? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to release him? Um, but, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get to that, you know, a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. So Deshaun Watson right now in redraft leagues, he's going off as QB 13, which is going off about 109. So pretty much what the ninth was that the turn of the ninth round, the 10th round areas yeah. where he's going. Yeah, I, I can imagine that going up if. The amount of games that he gets suspended for is around no more than four, I would think. If we get around six to eight games, I don't see him. For me, I, if I was drafting, I, I can't justify why I would why would I would draft him uh, 
no earlier than no earlier than like the 14th, 13th, 14th round because you don't want to draft him earlier because this is I mean, you're he's taking up a roster spot, a starting roster spot, and you cannot play him. So you're already yeah. locking yourself in that you're drafting two QBs off top. I'm not sure if I could justify drafting him um no before I get I lock down my whole starting my starting unit and a couple bench spots before I even start even thinking about that. If he gets suspended to eight to six to eight games or maybe even a season. He, I mean, that's not I don't think that's out of possibility that's either. Not, so it's not out of real possibility at all. No. Uh so I mean, it's tough. Like it's a good range. Like I would take him at 13. I think that's a I think that's a steal. If you if we're thinking that we're gonna get the Deshaun that we got before before all this happened, I mean, mm-hmm. I, sign me up. So um what are your thoughts on you know the potential of Deshaun and everything that surrounds him? Yeah, you know, six to eight games, that's a that's essentially half of the fantasy regular season. And you're gonna you know, if you're drafting him in the what, the ninth, tenth round, that's probably a guy that you could use for, you know, maybe depth or maybe you fill out another starter or maybe fill out one of those, you know, or or maybe you can potentially hit on one of those, you know, league winning league winning running backs, league winning uh, wide receivers that we see every single year. You know, last year, Leonard Fournette, he won the ninth round. And you know, he he finished as a top five in running back before he got injured, before he ended up hurting his hamstring towards the end of the season. So and he was winning teams a lot of games, right? A lot of fantasy games. So you 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 pass on a, a potential situation like that for a quarterback who's gonna miss half half of the season. You're just gonna be holding a roster spot, like you said. That's not that's not ideal for me. So again, I I'm out on him unless unless the unless the suspension is no more than four games. Unless the suspension, if the suspension is, you know, effectively just four games, I I think I can potentially justify drafting him a little bit around that range. But even then, I'd still I'd still be hesitant to pull a trigger, and I would be looking for better options at that point. Um, I, I I don't you know again you know Deshaun Watson is a, a super talented guy. I mean he's PF one of PFF's you know highest you know highest rated passers over the last several years he's been playing um, when he when, you know. The last couple of years he's been playing, 20, you know, 2020, 2019. He's one of the PFFs, like my highest graded passers. So, um, you know, he's you know, he, he knows how to get his playmakers the ball. He, that's that's one thing that, you know, he, he had he had DeAndre Hopkins for, you know, for several seasons. You know, he had, you know, whenever Will Fuller was on the field for maybe those eight, nine games, eight, eight nine games a year, he was feeding him those deep targets. And then his last year in 2020, he had Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks had 80, 80 catches, you know, over 1,200 yards, and, and, and or nearly 1,200 yards, and about six to eight touchdowns. So he knows how to feed his playmakers the ball. So I, if if Deshaun Watson is is not suspended, you know, more than four games, then yeah, I, I can potentially justify that. But but yeah, it, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough situation until we see all see it all shake out. I I'm just out on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also, like we mentioned before, we got Baker Mayfield. Uh, if he gets traded to uh, to Seattle or Carolina, then possibly you might be looking to dra- draft him. I doubt it still, but no, uh, you just something draft. to keep him. <laughs> ba- yeah. Baker Mayfield, by, Baker Mayfield is, is no longer fantasy relevant at this point. He's not <laughs> fantasy relevant. He's not going to start. And anywhere he gets traded to, he's not going to start. He's probably not going to start, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I, I tried it. Yeah, you did try it, but hey, it happens. <laughs> to the best of us, right? It happens. To the best of us. <laughs> All right. So now, uh, Cleveland's running back room, first player, Nick Chubb, uh, running back 10, 
you know, going around the 17th pick, so middle of the second round. I think this is pretty much – I think this is a good value. I think this is probably at his – I want to say this is at his peak, I would assume, just because he doesn't really catch passes. I mean, yeah. last year he only caught 20, 20 passes last year, which is around the – I think his career high is 22. And and it was only two less than Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt only played eight games at the last season. So I, I, there's no upside outside of him rushing and scoring touchdowns. Last year, he also scored 10. He was 10th in fantasy points per game, 4th in yards created after evaded, evading the first tackle, 5th in yards created per touch. He's always up, like in terms of yards per touch, he's always up there. He's around 5, 5.5, which is an elite number. So, I mean, he's a solid running back. Just just don't expect catches from him. So, I think this is pretty much, this is a good spot for him. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be against, seeing, against drafting him around this range. At RB ten, um, you know you got you got running backs like uh, I mean um, like Eckler, uh, Mixon around this range. So and I would take them all before him because he doesn't because offer they catch any. Passes. Yeah, they catch passes like DeAndre Swift. Like you start having questions when you start looking at people like DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette. Like even Leonard Fournette, I think I would I would draft him. I would take him over Chubb. So. I know it's, it's still early, so it just it, it's going to give time to adjust. Um, the next running back of, go ahead. No, no, no I was just, you know, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's still May. Um, you know, things can you know potentially change, but you know, to your point, Nick Chubb doesn't catch passes, and his his all his his calling card is just you know being one of the best, if not the best, pure runner in the NFL. You know, yeah. that's you know that's kind of what he's been known for, and it's you know. According to playerprofiler.com, you know, in his, in his efficiency, um, you know, table, he was like basically top six in, in, you know, true yards per carry, yards per touch, number four, juke rate, number three, evaded tackles, number three, breakaway run rate, number six, breakaway runs, number three. So yeah. <laughs> Nick Chubb knows how to run that thing. He knows how to tote that rock. So, uh, yeah. you know, catching passes, that's, you know, you know, that that's not his calling card. His his calling card is is ripping off the long runs, and that's what's going to you know score people the fantasy points that take chances on him in, in the middle of the second round, and that's what people will care will care most about. In yeah. the other uh, running back of any note is uh, Kareem Hunt RB. He's going off the board at RB twenty seven right now, number seventy one overall. He was hurt half the year last year, so that's why you kind of see his numbers kind of low. He just. He was just injured, man. Just couldn't couldn't get off the injury pine. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, I know it's like we said, it's still early. He could possibly be cut if, if the Browns want to move that way with no dead cap. So, you know, if you're drafting, just be be mindful of that. Now, wide receivers. So, like we said at the beginning, uh, they 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 drafted they drafted David Bell. They brought in Amari Cooper. They still have Don- uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. They got uh, Jakeen, uh Was it Jakeen Grant? Uh, so, yeah. um, any? I mean, the only one of note for sure early would be Amari Cooper in terms of wide receivers you want to draft. He's going off wide receiver twenty one right now, fifty one off the board. So that's pretty much in the middle of the the early early fourth round, middle of the fourth round. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a little rich, I think, just because of like the the sketchy situation around the quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, 
you know there, there's better there's there's probably better options um there that have more certainty than he does and, and i you know you know me you know how i you know how much i like you know mario as a player um, yeah real life and fantasy so i i think i think right now you, you just can't really take that chance on him at the, in the fourth round the middle of the fourth round especially with other other more stable options and more you know other other wide receivers that are more locked in to you know target opportunities with you know stable quarterback situations. Yeah, you got like Michael Pittman as uh, going after him, Brandon Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, oh, yeah. so Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton. So these are wide receivers that you're probably going to be taking over him until we get some real answers from from the league office about how they're going to handle Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah. Just but Amari, he had his lowest production since his year three. This past season, um, lowest in targets, receptions, yards, fantasy points per game. But I mean, even still, he's one of these few wide receivers that's averaged. He's had one K seasons almost every season that they've been in the league. So, still a very solid wide receiver. Uh, he could be your your wide receiver two, wide receiver three on your team, and you. I know you'll be happy. So, um, yep. Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, I'm not sure if he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be fantasy relevant. Somebody you can definitely get off of waivers after draft is done. Same for David Bell. David Bell's a little intriguing because um, you know people are projecting him to be be a big slot. Uh, if you watched him in college, you, you you know he's good. He, I mean, he looks a little bit faster than he did on them him testing. So that pro day, somebody that four yeah. seven one, <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Looking like a lineman, but um, it's somebody you can probably look towards uh, the second half of the season. I know um, tendency of, of late is that rookie wide receivers tend to to do better once later on in the season once they get acclimated to the NFL. So possibly yep. David Bell might be useful for you towards the end of the season. But outside of that, I'm only looking at Amari Cooper from from this wide receiver uh, group. And nobody else. Yeah, and then tight ends. The only one of note is David David Njoku is going out tight end twenty one, so almost pretty much free at the or at the very end of your draft, and he has a real opportunity to flourish uh, because he's on the front. I mean, team put him on the franchise tag. Then Stefanski's also also came out and said that hey, we want to run more more uh, one tight end sense. So you're running one personnel, 11 personnel, yeah, eleven personnel where you got two wide receivers and one tight end, or you're running three wideouts with one tight end. And possibly him in the slide at times, like we saw him last year. So I think it's a really, really good opportunity for him to really, really flourish. Um, I know he was fifth in yards per target last year, fourth in yards per reception. And this is him basically being a sub package tight end because they kept running two and three wide receivers, two and three tight end sets uh, regularly last year. So they kept trotting out I mean, Austin Hooper over him. They kept trotting out Harrison Bryant over him. <laughs> and he's clearly the most talented tight end in that room. And they, you know, they just kept not playing him for some for, for some strange reason. And then whenever he would get on the field and 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 catch passes and, and make plays, they would be very they'd be, they'd be splash plays. You know, I, I yeah. still always I still look back to that that game against the Chargers early in the season where he ripped yeah. off that seventy two yard touchdown. So I mean, we needed to see more stuff like that from him, but you know the Browns coaching staff didn't. You know they 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 saw otherwise. They saw they must have saw something else in Austin Hooper, aka those dollar signs they paid him. <laughs> yeah, the previous off seasons. 
So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this is I I love this opportunity for David and Joku. He's only go, you know to your point. I think he's going at tight end twenty one. You know, one hundred and sixty fifth overall, basically free in drafts. Free, so yep. Basically free in drafts, and he's 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 going to be you know one of those late round tight ends that you don't even have to pay for, and he's going to be locked into a starting role from day one, and you know probably a, you know a pretty decent target share for a tight end. So I, I like yeah. I like David Njoku's prospects in twenty twenty two. All right, so a couple of big questions for the Browns. First one, tell me, how do you think Baker Mayfield's situation is going to sh- shake out? Do you think he's going to be traded? Are you going to be cut? Do you think they actually keep him for insurance pur- insurance purposes because of Deshaun? How do you think how you think this is going to shake out? Well, I mean, if if he was going to get traded, he would have been traded by now, right? I mean, there's a lot of teams that were mo- either monitoring the situation or you know expressed interest initially, but something decided something they decided to go in a different direction or they just decided to to not trade for it. Maybe Cleveland was asking for too much or they're just not even that into Baker Mayfield and, and, and acquiring him. So I, I think ultimately they should, they're just going to cut him. They're just going to cut him and just release themselves, of, uh, rid themselves of him in, in the services. And I don't think he stays in Cleveland. There's that, that would just be an awkward situation for everyone around. It would just alienate a lot of people in the locker room. It would have a lot of people in that locker room walking on eggshells. It just would not be a good situation, and team chemistry would be depth. You know, would 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 definitely take a hit. So I think, you know, uh, we saw I think a couple of weeks, maybe a week or so ago, we saw Deshaun Watson take the entire I think offense or entire team to the Bahamas. And you saw that yeah. picture posted where Amari yeah. Cooper was wearing sweats <laughs> on the beach, jogger in a hoodie on. You know, <laughs> on the joggers and a hoodie on, on, on the beach, but no, I mean, that, that's the type of, you know, you know, it type of thing that Deshaun Watson is trying to do to, you know, to kind of ingratiate himself um, to that Cleveland uh, locker room. So if Baker Mayfield is still on roster, that's not going to be a good thing for this, um, for this team. So I think ultimately yeah. they'll, they'll cut him. Yeah. Who you, so my next question is, Deshaun Watson is obviously an upgrade over Baker Mayfield in the in the passing game. But what kind of what kind of ex- expectations do we think this offense is going to have with with Deshaun under center? Um, honestly, I think I, I think they'll, they'll they'll be passing the ball a little bit more than than what we've you know have been seeing from them because Baker Mayfield has been such a limited quarterback. Um, you know they they haven't really been. They they haven't really been afforded that opportunity to just to really air it out like that, right? You know they've been a run first team all throughout his career, and they know Baker has his limitations. They know he's he he's prone to you know to turnovers and prone to you know bad throws and missed throws. Um, you know they were only twenty fourth in situation neutral pace in twenty twenty one, so they play very very slow compared to the rest of the league. And I think you know if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, or when Deshaun Watson's the quarterback, they'll, they'll play a little bit faster. Play a little bit faster, get more plays off. Their their pass rate will will be you know a little bit higher than what they've been accustomed to doing, uh, you know, accustomed to having. And you know they have they have an explosive playmaker um, in Amari Cooper. So I, I think I think it's wheels up for that Browns offense. They have a they they have a they definitely have a higher ceiling than what they they than what they've had in previous years for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, you know, just again with Stefanski saying that, hey, we want to open this up. And then even when he met with Deshaun and showed him the playbook, Deshaun 
was saying we ran a lot of these same concepts so that he was looking towards so definitely definitely looking looking good in terms of what what kind of production we can see from this offense potentially if we get a lot of games out of Deshaun so yep we are now done with the Browns who you want to go to who you want to talk about next I think the next team we should touch on is probably the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers the Pittsburgh T- Steelers they've had they've had a pretty you know interesting offseason like I said from the outset uh, you know they've they did lose Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington, you know, wide receivers, and they, and they lost uh, Ray Lake, Ray Ray McLeod, for whatever for whatever that's worth. I probably not a whole nothing. lot. <laughs> nope, nothing. Um, but they added a quarterback, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, two years, fourteen million dollars in the off you know in the off season, and then they, and then they drafted Kenny Pickett in round one, um, and they also drafted George Pickens in the second round, who Chase Claypool actually announced. That wasn't awkward at all, right? That wasn't awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they drafted the speedster Calvin Austin in the fourth round. So what 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 the you know what the Steelers are telling you that they're they're they want to they want to air it out. They they see Deontay Johnson's contract coming up uh you know next year, you know, this offseason he'll be or next offseason he'll be a free agent. And then Chase Claypool's deal's up after that. So they're 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 trying to replenish that wide receiver room. And thinking ahead and looking ahead, and who knows what? Who knows? Maybe the next draft they'll draft draft another receiver uh, relatively high. Um, you never know because you know, as as everyone else can 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 attest. I mean, they know the Pittsburgh Steelers are are the team that turns out the you know the you know, wide receivers like like it's nothing. They know how to develop wide receivers. They know how to draft wide receivers for whatever reason. They just know how to. They just they just know how to get it done. Um. So, you know, they they did draft. You know. Uh, Big Ben's potential heir and hometown kid um, in Kenny Pickett. He was the only quarterback selected in the first round, which is it was a surprise to me, but not I guess not a surprise to everyone else because you know the you know as we talked about on our on our shows previously, <laughs> we're gonna we were gonna find out if a lot of these teams were lying about their lack of you know lack yeah. of interest in this quarterback class and they were not they lying. They didn't lie. They nope. didn't lie at all. I, I was very surprised by that. I was very surprised cuz you know a lot of teams they lie every single year. But yep. this this year was it was pretty different. So hey, um kudos to the team for to, to those teams for not, <laughs> for for telling the truth for once, right? <laughs> for yeah. telling the truth. Yeah. Um and then Mike Tomlin said that Kenny Pickett does actually have an opportunity to to compete with Mitchell Trubisky for the starting quarterback spot. So that's going to be a pretty interesting training camp battle if you know Mitchell Trubisky gets beat out by Kenny Pickett. That would be uh that would be embarrassing. <laughs> that would be pretty embarrassing. Um but you know we can we can actually just start there. We'll start there with quarterbacks. Um you know Kenny Pickett quarterback 24 free and Mitchell Trubisky the quarterback 29 basically free. So you you you're not going to leave your draft any of these guys. You'll probably pick them up in you know, in free agency, or you know, maybe you know, a bot for a, you know a bye week fill in. Should you we see some production from these guys, and maybe he'll give you some confidence to to maybe trot them out a week or two um, in, in a pinch. Um, but you know, for you know, Mr. Trubisky, for for what it's worth, and you know, for ni- you know, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, he was only able to support you know one wide receiver, and that was Allen Robinson or whoever it was. Um, I, yeah, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, he was able to support Allen Robinson and. You know, Allen Robinson was over 1,100 yards both of those seasons, but the wide receiver two was not above 700 yards. So, and then with the, with the way this team is constructed, um, mm. even though they do have a lot of wide receiver talent around them, you know, we 
I don't have a ton of confidence in Mitchell Trubisky. I think I have a little bit more confidence in Kenny Pickett because, A, he's a rookie. They spent draft capital on him, and they drafted two wide receivers in the same draft class. So that should actually signal something that they want to continue. They want to maybe air it out, maybe do some short passing game um, here and there. Um, I think one, you know, one of Mitchell Trubisky's, you know, calling cards over the last couple of years was throwing the 50-50 ball. And that's, you know, that's why we you know, kind of brought in Allen Robinson and the, and the one guy or a couple of guys that kind of benefit from that are, are, are Chase Claypool and, and then George Pickens, who they drafted out of Georgia. So those two guys can, can definitely track the ball in the air deep, you know, and uh, can definitely come down with the contested catches. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the on the on the quarterback room, the lackluster quarterback room, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you, at least at least for this year. Yeah, you're not drafting either one of these guys. I mean, I'm just hoping that they can support support at least one of these. I mean, obviously Deontay, he he's the he he's the uh, the wide receiver that would be drafted the, at the highest. But you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> the quarterback room is, is shaky. I mean, they didn't do anything to, to, to help the offensive line on top of that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I know I'm not drafting either one of these guys for sure. So, yeah. But, yeah, just going on to the uh, the running back room, that's just basically one guy, Najee Harris. Phenomenal as a rookie. You know, that we would like to see the yards per carry a little bit higher, but you know, he was a true workhorse. Um, he's being drafted as RB six um, currently, and basically going seventh overall. I think that's pretty spot on for him. He's, I mean, you know, again, as as we've re- reiterated on previous shows, Pittsburgh has known from day one that they were going to draft him. And they known from day one that they were going to use him in a workhorse capacity, and that's what has happened. That's what has happened, and that's what they're going to continue to do. They didn't bring any backfield competition in um, of of consequence. Rather, they haven't they haven't brought anybody in, but. Um, that that can really threaten him for touches, and they haven't talked about you know scaling back any of his you know scaling back any of his touches, scaling back any of his snaps. He paid, he played over eighty percent of the snaps uh, last year. I think that that'll probably continue. Um, he had over you know nearly four hundred touches as a rookie, um, seventy four catches, three hundred seven carries. Uh, the seventy four catches were were the most by a rookie since Daniel Tomlinson in two thousand and one. So. And he also finished uh, fifth in the NFL on 10-yard 10 10-yard 10 rushes with 28. And only Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, and Elijah Mitchell had more um, than Najee Harris. So truly phenomenal, uh, or tr- you know, truly phenomenal start to his career, and hopefully he can keep it up. Yeah, man, um, give me all the Najee Harris. You know, I, I think I think he's his his workload is is awesome <laughs> for him There's, to do this. His rookie, his rookie season is just. You know, you just don't see it these days. So, um, yeah, there's not many there's not many running backs out there that have less questions than um, than Najee Harris. So we know we know his we know what his role is going to be. You know, he's going to be used in the goal line, in the passing game, everywhere else. So, um, you know, there's there's not there's not many safer picks in the first round than Najee Harris uh, this year. So, and I mean, just looking at where he's getting taken, I mean, you got Eckler, CMC, Henry, and JT. They're all getting taken above him. I think I would take Eckler. I mean, I would take Najee over Eckler, but everybody else is he's pretty much the same. Uh, I would 
I mean, I would take CMC just knowing that the type of workload he's going to get. But uh, and then Derrick Henry, just the amount of just sheer touches he is. And, you know, he he's unstoppable. He owns the ball. So um, I and, yeah. and in plus, I just don't. Short list, yeah. Short list of running backs that you would take over Najee Harris. Uh, yeah. And I'm not sure that Najee's going to get 74 receptions. Um, but I mean, I don't know if if we got if. Mitch is a check down Charlie. I mean, it's been two, it's been a couple of years since we've seen him play. I know he didn't. I know I know he did support uh, Tariq Cohen. I don't know if Cohen's uh, rookie year was 2019 or not, but I know Tariq Cohen smashed his first season with the amount of uh, sheer receptions that he had. But um, it could. I mean, it could bode well for Najee in, in the in that aspect. So, uh, so 378, 378 touches. So you think. Let's if we can just set a line for his touches at like maybe three fifty five. Do you think he goes on, or maybe three fifty, three fifty and a half? Does he go over or under that this year? He probably goes over, man. He probably goes over. I, f- I that's feel a lot. Like he, it's a lot of touches, man. I feel like I feel like he does go over that. Of you know maybe or maybe we can just lower the line a little bit. Maybe do like three three thirty five and a half. How about that? Three thirty five and a half. He probably still he probably still goes over he, that. He probably still goes over that. Yeah. Yeah. He probably goes over that. Yeah, I think he, I think he's locked into at least 320, 340 touches for for sure. I think he's locked yeah. into that. And, and, and if somebody's getting that many, he's gonna be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, the snap share. I think he had like, I think he was eighty five percent of the snaps for the year. He was on the field. So, um, oh, yeah. regardless of the fact, somebody getting over three hundred touches, that's that's somebody that's getting drafted top five in your draft leagues regardless. So if he gets outside of that, then, I mean, you're stealing at that point. So And he stayed healthy, too. So, yeah. Yeah. So the next next one we want to go with the wide receiver room, our favorite room um, and one of the and one of the more talented rooms in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver room consists of starting with Deontay Johnson. He is currently being drafted as the wide receiver 14, basically going 39th overall. In drafts, he just came off of a career in targets. He was number two in the NFL behind, behind Cooper Cup um, and tied with Devontae Adams with 169 targets, 169, and number five in receptions with 107. Um, you know, ninth in, ninth in yards, just, just shy of 1,200 at 1,161. Um, he was eighth in fantasy points per game at 17, and he was fourth in target share um, with 28.5. So, he 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 had a phenomenal year. Big Ben, obviously his 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 noodle arm was winding down, and he kept feeding Deontay underneath. But you know, for what it's worth, I mean, there there were there were a handful of plays where Deontay would would, would get down the field and beat and beat single coverage over the top too. So he's not just a you know he has this you know perception of just being an underneath guy, but you know his, he he has a decent he has a pretty. He has a relatively decent yards per catch, um, or in in, in in a handful of games, and he, he's he's not necessarily you know uh, just just a one trick pony at just getting down or just getting uh, short yardage. Um, he can get, he can definitely get down the field, but Deontay Johnson, uh, at least for this year, I think even even if even if stylistically Mitchell Trubisky can't really um, get those timing routes down because that's that's what um, you know Deontay Johnson is. He's he's a he's a very sharp and very superb route runner, and uh, Mitch Trubisky can be pretty erratic with his throws, and and, and maybe it wouldn't be as compatible 
um, with him versus a, a guy like Chase Claypool who can who can you know can, can be an outside clasher and you know get those contested catches and get those 50-50 balls. So I'm curious to see like what you know what happens with Deontay Johnson this year and how and how uh, Mr. Trubisky would potentially feed him as the number one guy. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on, on on Deontay Johnson and his prospect for 2022? Yeah, just you know me talking about the quarterback room and it's just like I. I don't know. I know, like we said at the beginning, Mitch Trubisky has shown that he can support a number one wide receiver. He did it with A-Rod for two years. So um, as long as he gets the targets, I mean, I mean, Deontay was number two in targets last year. Um, so as long as he gets around, if if we see him get around 130, 140 targets, then I'm, I mean, I'm happy. Like, I'm cool. I know he's going to do work with those targets. So. Um, I think wide receiver 14 is a good spot for him. Um, he's going he's going right behind people like T. Higgins, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf. Uh, and then he has like DJ Moore, D Hop, Terry McLaurin after him. So I think he's I think he's in a good spot right now. So I, I like his chances. I like where he's going in, in ADP right now. So if you were to decide between these two wide receivers, um Mike Evans or Deontay Johnson, who would you take? Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I think no, I would go no with Mike question. Evans. No, <laughs> no question. No question about it. There's really not, <laughs> he doesn't have a number two, uh, number two to really challenge him for targets for right now. He's basically yeah. the, the last man standing in that in that passing game. I mean, although they did sign Russell Gage in the yeah. um, in the offseason, but um, and they'll have to wait for Chris Godwin to come back. But we'll we'll talk about Tampa Bay and, and that passing game passing attack a little bit later on and um later on in the offseason but yeah yeah there's a couple that's just a little bit of, a little bit of a thought experiment one more one more deontay johnson or dk metcalf uh metcalf reluctantly metcalf. reluctantly but yeah uh um, the drew, the drew lock drew, the drew lock to D, uh, dk metcalf connection is going to be better than the mitchell trubisky slash kenny pickett the connection to <laughs> deontay johnson connection it's going to be better yeah, yeah. I just both both yucky both have yucky quarterbacks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yucky quarterbacks and both the number one receivers on their team. So that that's mm, very, yeah, very I, interesting. Very yeah, very well, yeah, very, very Okay, okay. So the next guy we want to talk about, we did, we kind of touched on a little bit. Chase Claypool currently being drafted as the wide receiver forty. So he's getting going, you know, I think around the eighth round, eighth, ninth round. Yeah, um, and you know his numbers were relatively the same as 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 twenty twenty, uh, but he just had significantly less TDs. He was basically snake bitten by TD, you know, bad TD luck. He only had two touchdowns last year, which was you know obviously a, a you know a significant low for him. I think based on you know all the yards and all the catches that he had, I think he probably should have had around seven to eight touchdowns. But um, he underachieved in that department, so I think regression might be on the side this year if you know those those fifty fifty balls you know were were are, are going to be completed. Um, but he's been a he's been a he's actually been a force on third downs um, throughout his you know the last couple of years. Um, six hundred seventy nine yards on third down, ranked six in the NFL since two thousand twenty. So he you know he's he's a he's he's been pretty solid on third downs, pretty reliable on third downs. Um, you know there. Not at you know you you, you kind of think back to this Thursday night game against the Vikings, 
<laughs> where he <laughs> he caught that pass on third down and, and signaled for the and signaled that, and made that first down signal while the clock was running and while they were trying to <laughs> line up for a field goal. And then he blamed and then he blamed his teammate for knocking the ball out of his hands. I thought that was kind of I think that was kind of hilarious. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Because he was the one that was aware of what was going on. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought that was interesting. I kind of brought that, you know, just that that just kind of came came into my mind really quick. But uh, Chase Claypool, I mean, I I know we're gonna we'll, we'll probably touch on this a little bit, you know, just here in a, here in a second. But um, but we can just actually we can just get into this now. Um, the George Pickens uh, pick um, in the second round. I know Chase Claypool basically announced it. Obviously, he announced it on draft day. Um, who who does who does the George Pickens pick affect more, Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool? I mean, obviously you would say Claypool because they have the same body type. Uh, Claypool, they're both they're both wide receivers that can play the boundary and go get it, go get it. But uh, I would I would say Claypool, even though Deontay's contract comes up before Claypool's, uh, but. I think for me it'd be George Pickens. Maybe I don't know. It's, it's interesting because both these wide receivers are, are about to come up, and you know they don't pay. They don't. They're just not going to just pay your wide receiver. So um, I think he's at, at least, I think he's at least for twenty twenty two. This is basically just for twenty twenty two because we know like the you know the the long term outlook, and we and we're we're aligned on the Steelers. You know, not wanting to pay wide receivers big you know big contracts, but at least for. Uh, for 2022, does it affect does it affect Chase Claypool? Does it affect Deontay Johnson more? I, in in my opinion, I think it I think it'll uh, Claypool a little bit more because you know, like you said, they are similar wide receivers, and the fact that they are they're they're boundary guys, 50-50 guys, um, and they, you know they, they 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 rely on their speed on the outside and beating man to man coverage. Um, whereas Deontay Johnson can work you know inside, he's going to be working he's going to be working a lot of the slot routes and things of that nature. So he he won't get in most cases he won't get the the, the opposing team's best corner um, in in you know for for large stretches of the game um, outside of high outside of you know high leverage situations I think you know he he he'll be pretty safe in that regard he'll be you know mixing up linebackers safeties slot corners that you know grade poorly in PFF <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I think this will I think this will affect a little bit um, I think this will affect Chase Claypool more than it will affect uh, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and then finally the tight end room. Um, we had Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he had a pretty successful rookie year. If, if Kyle Pitts didn't exist, he would have been the best tight end, uh, the, the best rookie tight end um, in twenty twenty one. If Kyle Pitts didn't exist, you know he was first in red zone targets for tight ends with twenty. Finished, you know he's currently being drafted as a tight end eleven, so you know ninety ninth um, overall off the board. So that's you know the middle of round ten, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty decent spot for him, um, and he was second. And you know, obviously, like I said, if Kyle Pitts didn't exist, uh, he would have been first um, in rookie tight ends in every major reception category. Um, he finished as a, I mean, you know, during the season from week six on, he finished as a PPR tight end six. So he was, you know, and, and that's overall. That's not amongst rookies. That was amongst all, and there was some pretty damn good tight ends that played. So he was pretty successful in 2021, and then um, you know he was the only rookie tight end in NFL history with 60 catches and seven touchdowns. Um, I, I saw that stat you know earlier in the offseason, and I couldn't believe it, and I just had to verify it, and and, and that was and I, and I did, and it's, and it's just it's just crazy. 
Um, I, I think, you know, he's only 23 years old. And, you know, the Steelers, the Steelers have a very young nucleus of, of pass-catching weapons, um, you, know, you know, for the, for, for the uh, foreseeable future. So I, I, like, I like the prospects of, of, this, uh, of this room, this pass-catching room. So and then yeah, finally, I like, we'll just... I, I like Pratt Faramir, man. He's a he's a he's definitely a solid tight end. Um, I don't think there's too many too many uh, tight ends that should be drafted uh, above him. So I think he's going at a good spot right now uh, with the current ADP. I think when people start looking at it, he might even go above like Mike Jasicki. Um And I mean, that's pretty much it. I know people like. Dalton Schultz a lot. They like Dawson Knox. I would even think about putting him over Dawson Knox just because of um, the how efficient Dawson Knox was. He didn't really have any targets. He was very efficient with the touches that he get. He got he had a lot of touchdowns. So um, yeah. that's just my two cents. I like I like Pat Fromm a lot. Yeah. So that concludes um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go ahead and kick us off with the Baltimore Ravens, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore, you know, uh, they were rated PFF uh, for their offense ranking at 17th. So mi- middle of the pack, they bring in the corpse of Mike Davis. They trade Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals for a first round pick. And, you know, they they lose Desha- uh, Sammy Watkins, who cares, and, and Miles Boykins, who also <laughs> nobody cares about. So. um but they they've they've made plenty of mention and even with these moves that they're going back to a run heavy offense you know they drafted uh linderbaum in the first round to solidify that that center position um they want to go back to the run offense i know last year they uh did some out of out of character which is they had the most the ninth most pass attempts last year um and, and I mean, that's just You're because they totally had different right now. Yeah, they're acting real different because of there was a bunch of bunch of running back injuries. I mean, all the rent, the whole running back room all got lost in a year before before you could even get out of preseason. So uh, they turned to throwing the ball more. And that's why we saw some numbers from from a couple players on their teams that will hit on that. Uh, that really went off. Uh, so first, Lamar Jackson, quarterback four overall right now, going 50, 52 in ADP. I mean, he's a Konami code. I mean, I can, I mean, he's healthy. This is about the spot. Like, there's there's only a few quarterbacks you would take over him. Justin Herbert, Mahomes, and Allen. Outside of that, there's no there's nobody else. He yeah. can. <laughs> um, we know he's el- he's eligible right now to sign a new contract if he wants to, which he won't. Um, it will be interesting as we get closer if he decides that he doesn't want to play without the security. And I know he said that he wants he wants to play play it out, but I don't think how I don't think that's smart. But we'll see. I know this past year he was on pace to to beat the amount of uh, to obliterate the amount of uh, the most yards that he's thrown in his career, even even past his uh, MVP season. He only threw for thirty two hundred yards, a little over thirty two hundred. He was at twenty eight before he they pretty much shut him down for the year because of because of injury. So yeah. uh, I think Lamar. I think he's. I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of running from him and whoever in the backfield. So uh, I'm excited for excited to see him get back after it this season. But and just and just, again, and just an FYI, just an FYI, his 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 injury wasn't because he was running; it was because he was trying to make a throw. For mm-hmm. for those people who want to continue to say, "Oh, I know, I told you running quarterbacks going to get hurt. I told you running quarterbacks yep. going to get hurt." 
it wasn't because he was running. So just just an FYI. <laughs> yeah, he was rolling out, and I think he he rolled his ankle. Didn't somebody fall on his ankle, or was it just him by himself when he when somebody? He, uh, I think somebody. Fell, I think somebody fell on his ankle as, yeah. he, as he was throwing the ball. Yeah. All right, the running back room. Like I said before, all the running backs got hurt before preseason even finished. So, um, and we already know how this running back room functions. It's going to be by committee. Lamar's. I mean, Lamar is going to be kind of the lead way in this. And then you got J.K. Dobbins, the first running back, RB18 right now in ADP, going at 37 overall. He's recovering from a torn ACL and MCL rookie season. If we go back to his rookie season, he had 40% of the carries and, and targets, and that, that uh, added up to 805 rush yards and, and only 18 receptions. Um, in the 15 games that he played his rookie season. Um, again, like when we talked about uh, Nick Chubb and his situation, how he didn't catch a lot of passes, we look at J.K. and we were, we're so hopeful that he's going to be the running back, the, the workhorse. This ain't, this ain't that. Um, the, the Ravens are going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to they're gonna rotate people on top of having Lamar rush the ball. So, Running back 18 is a pretty good spot. I mean, you got he's going around the range of like James Conner. I take Conner Acres uh, over him. Um, Zeke Elliott above him. Probably Zeke. Josh, I'd probably go Zeke over him too. Yeah, Josh Jacobs under him. Elijah Mitchell under him. So I think he's pretty much in a good range right now. Um, I don't know how much of a workload he's going to have early because he's recovering. Which I mean, which leads to the next running back that you could probably get for free, which is Gus Edwards, who's also coming back from a torn a torn knee uh, injury, um, and in that same rookie season that that Dobbins uh, was in, Gus had a thirty eight percent carries and targets. So for somebody that's almost splitting their workload in half with another running back, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting of like if this running back eighteen holds up for. For JK, if we know that they're going to operate in this manner again, where he's going to be splitting, splitting almost evenly with Gus Edwards on top of splitting, giving a percentage to to Lamar, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And like I said before, Gus, he this is somebody you can potentially get, he can get for free right now. Uh, we'll see as as the offseason progresses if if his ADP shifts in, in any manner in, in the positive or negative uh, direction. Uh, you got anything to add for? No, for this running back room. Yeah. So regarding J.K. Dobbins, um, I I think I'm going to slightly disagree with you in terms of that being a good spot for him at RB18 because we have to remember that he tore multiple ligaments. Right? He did just he didn't just tear the ACL. He tore the MCL as well. So I don't know if he's going to be actually ready um, in training. I don't know if uh, I haven't seen any reports saying that he'll actually be ready. um, You know, to you know for train for for training camp or, or anything like that. So. I think he's gonna have, I think he's gonna have some uh, some limitations, you know, going into camp, you know, and, and I think I think Gus Edwards, I think he just had a clean a you know ACL tear, just you know just mm-hmm. an ACL tear, um, no no other no other ligament damage, and I think he's probably going to you know have a bigger role at least early on in the season than we're really you know uh, than we're really anticipating, so I, I think that's just kind of one thing to keep in mind. I, I I probably need to read you know read up a little bit more, but in terms of stuff that I've seen, I haven't seen anything that would indicate that uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to be ready, uh, in, you know, at the, the very you know beginning of the season, um, you know. 
No, Sorry, you do ahead. make a good, no, you do make a good point uh, about the ACL MCL tear. I know I've seen some things where when you tear both of those ligaments, it takes a little bit longer for you to to fully recover. So you might be right. I mean, shoot, we might even see Mike Davis getting getting early work more than than we might want to might oh, might want to see. Just, honestly, they did, they did yeah, they could find him like two days ago. Yeah, right? yeah. So. so we we might see a lot more of Mike Davis early in, as as both of these running backs try to recover. So just something to keep in mind. And you're right, uh, 18 might be a little aggressive because of the because of the situation that they're in currently. So like uh, if he's if he's going in around if he's going in the same range as like a James Conner who has nobody to compete with for touches. Yeah. Like how do, how can you justify taking J.K. Dobbins over James Conner? Like, yeah. How can anybody do that? Like that just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like you just I yeah. mean you're looking at you know you're 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 betting on you're betting on talent, which is which is fine, right? But you have to look at the situation as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and and James Conner has no competition, no yeah. viable competition behind him. You are you are right about that. Wide receiver room. There's only one person to really talk about for fantasy purposes, and that's Rashad Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> we we saw Hollywood leave and and Watkins leave, which is almost about 200 targets gone. Um. And Rashad Bateman in the 12 games that he played last year, his rookie year, he had 46 catches for 515 yards and one touchdown. I know we were on touchdown watch as the season was going for Rashad Bateman because everybody was wondering like when he was going to score. Just never didn't just didn't happen for that man in the yeah. capacity that we wanted to see. Um, and then also his A dot was at eight yards, which was what 79th in 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 the league, which is I mean pretty low, but. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think we're going to see the type of wide receiver he is. I don't think we're going to see this dot like be a, like 11, like like we saw for Hollywood Brown, because he's not a he's not a take your top off of a type of wide receiver. He's more of a, a possession wide receiver. So when we try to look at what we're looking for, for Rashad Bateman, how we're trying to project, I don't think we're going to see him come in and take like a hundred and. 150 targets just because of 200 targets being gone. We also got to factor in that some of those targets are not, just not going to be available because they're not going to throw the ball as much. They threw the ball over 600 times last year. I don't think we're going to see that. We, I mean, my guess is that we'll probably go get around the 500 range, low 500 range. Um, so Shoddy B, we, he might, he, I would assume he'd see over 100 targets, but he's going to have to be really efficient for him to to really, really make a, a a big a big leap. I mean, right now he's going at wide receiver forty three, which is about ninety eighth overall. So, um, you know, the wide receivers that are around him are like Kadarius Tony, um, Odell Beckham is right under him, Juju is above him, Clay Ch- Chase Claypool is above him, Gabriel Davis is above him. You got Drake London under him, Tr- uh, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. So. I mean, some of these wide receivers that are, you know, in in situations, different situations where they're the number one, but they're rookies. Do we think that they they could possibly outproduce Rashad Bateman when it when it comes all said and done? I don't. Uh, I don't know it, because you know, well. It just depends on the situations, right? I mean, we have Drake, Drake London. It's who's his quarterback? Marcus Mariota. We don't know where we, we don't know where we're going to get out of Marcus Mariota. Um, if they turn to Desmond Ritter, we don't know where we're going to get out of him either. 
Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a little uncertainty there. Garrett Wilson, you know, uh, you know, Zach, you know, Garrett Wilson uh, catching passes from Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, I, 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 I believe in Elijah Moore, you know, more so than I, than I believe in Garrett Wilson, mm. you know, to, to, to really take, you know, to really, t- you know, take a leap this year. I think, I think Elijah Moore will lead them in targets, um, not Garrett Wilson. Uh, target targets and target share, but not Garrett Wilson. So I think um, you know they those two guys probably won't have the you know the, the path to a you know a significant number one number being the primary pass catching option in their teams of you know their team's offenses. Well, even okay. Rashad Bateman wouldn't even wouldn't even wouldn't either because of Mark Andrews, who we'll talk about in a second. But yeah. um, I, I think when it comes down to it, I think I'll, I'll I'd prefer Rashad Bateman over those rookie wide receivers until I see because we ha- we have an established quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Uh, yep. We have, but in the other cases, we have Zach Wilson, you know, who who had a you know pretty shitty rookie year. We don't know we don't know who he is yet. Um, and then we've seen Marcus Mariota play. He's been up and down in his career. We don't know what he's going to do and how he's going to support Drake London. So I, I think I would take the safer you know safer quarterback. Um, with Rashad Bateman and Rashad Bateman, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't particularly efficient um, all season long. Um, but there's a couple of things that kind of stood out, though. He was number five in contested contested catch percentage um, at 64 percent. And he was number one overall in uh, in average cushion. So there was a lot of cushion between him. Um, there is, you know, a lot of cushion between him and uh, um, in, in, the, in the defender. Um, whenever he was, you know, getting, you know, running routes and things of that nature. So um, that's that's something to kind of think about uh, whenever you're, you know, you're you're evaluating some of these receivers and evaluating the type of wide receiver that Versad Bateman is. And he does he's not really predicated off of, you know, speed and and, and getting getting down the field, you know, in a, in a blink of an eye. Um, he he's a he's a pretty solid route runner. He'll probably do a lot of damage underneath, underneath intermediate in intermediate range. Similar to like a similar to like a Keenan Allen um, type, um, but um, but I, I think I think ultimately it comes down to it. I'll take Bateman over those two rookie wide receivers. Yeah, and I, I think as we get on through throughout this offseason, that ADP is going to go up just because he is the number one, and people are people are going to want that. Like you want teams number ones regardless of 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 situations. Um, so. You know, on to the tight end. The only tight end of note is Mr. Mark Andrews. Mandrews. Yeah, Mandrews. Tight end number two right now, going to 22 overall. The only tight end that's going taken above him is Travis Kelsey, which I agree with. I mean, last year, Mark Andrews destroyed, destroyed 107 catches, 100, uh, 1,361 y- yards, nine touchdowns. Was first in tight end uh, target share with twenty seven percent, first in fantasy points per game, first pretty much in everything, man. Like there's really nothing else to tell you about what this man did. Now I will say, all this to say that do not expect something similar to this this coming year, just for the sheer fact that we've already we've already we're already seen what they're gonna do. They're gonna run more, so I don't think we're gonna see. Mark Andrews, you know, get up to almost fourteen hundred yards, but I think he still be will still be able to produce as he's pretty much the team's number one target. Um, and then we've seen Lamar. Lamar loves throwing to to Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is always seems to get opened. 
whenever he's needed to, you know, make a play. So, um, you know, I, I think he's perfect where he's going right now. You got you got anything ab- about Mandrews? Yeah. So with regards to the ADP, he's being drafted currently as the tight end to. Do you think if Ty- Tyreek Hill did not get traded to the, the Miami Dolphins, would he be would he be drafted as the tight end one? Would he be Probably. the first round pick? Would he be the first round pick over Travis Kelsey? I Probably. think so as well. I think so yeah. as well. I think he was on that path of you know. I mean, he he already you know he was the tight end. He finished as the tight end one last year, I think, right? Yeah. Or was yeah. Or, did, or did Kelsey take it back at the end of the season? No, no. Andrews finishes one. Yeah, I, I think this he, was. I, this was Sorry, the first year Kelsey didn't. This was the first year in like five years that Kelsey didn't finish his tight end one. So it's like 2016 or 2015 or yeah. whatever it was. It was, it was like a long. That. It was a long ass run. It was a long ass yeah. run and a very impressive run. Yeah. Dominant run. Um, but yeah, so I, I think honestly he would have been number one uh, being if Tyreek Hill didn't get traded uh, to 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 the Miami Dolphins. But no, you yeah, know, I, I agree, man. You know, Mark Andrews is, is, is that dude, man. He's that dude. He's going to be the primary uh, focus of, of the Ravens passing attack, him and Rashad Bateman. Um, I, I know we, whenever we were, um, you know, we, we had our shows during the season and, and Lamar Jackson was playing, he could, they, they, the Ravens passing attack condensed their target share to just three guys. 70% yeah. of their set, over 70% of their, uh, of their passing, uh, or of the targets. Um, went to either Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, or Rashad Bateman. It was just those three guys that were getting targets. So, um, you know, even more condensed target shares in line this year with, you know, more running expected, you know, given how, you know, the Ravens have addressed their their offensive needs um, this year. So um, so we, we will definitely see um, how the Ravens fare this, this upcoming season. Yeah, definitely with the condensed target share uh, targets, it helps you focus on like, hey, I only need to focus on if I'm looking to draft. These are the, the the couple of players that I need to get from this offense, and that's it because they're getting a high percentage of the targets. Period for the whole offense. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and you know move on to the to the last team of the uh, of our uh, AFC preview. Yeah, you know we're saving the last. Um, you know the, the the best for last. The the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know their 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 offense, according to PFF, was ranked 11th, um, and they've they've made a you know a few offseason moves, um, and these off these offseason moves were basically uh, to help their quarterback Joe Burrow. They brought in some offensive line help. They you know they brought in Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins, um, you know to, to to help protect Joe Burrow, um, and they brought in a tight end Hayden Hurst um, from the Falcons. Uh, who, who who has some who has some decent seam stretching ability, um, but ultimately he won't he won't be really that that fantasy relevant. Um, but you know we'll, we we we've seen we we've we've seen uh, you know crazier things happen. Um, you know they 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 did lose CJ Uzama to the Jets. He signed a three year twenty one twenty four million dollar deal um, to play there. So he's getting he's getting you know quite. Quite a pretty penny there uh, in in in, uh, in New York, but you know the, the Bengals again. They were the Super Bowl runner up, and you know they they their their top offseason priority is to protect Joe Burrow, who was sacked the most in the NFL at fifty one times. Um, the Super Bowl, <laughs> the Rams tied a Super Bowl record with seven sacks. Um, you know, a couple of games prior to that in the playoffs, he was sacked nine times by Tennessee in the divisional round. 
so like you know there's and and despite all that <laughs> you know they, they were they were able to make it to the super bowl with the offensive line as bad as they were um you know even even you know their their pff grade was only 20th in the league um you, well, most of us would think that it would be a lot worse than that but their pff grade was only 20 20th in the league but their adjusted sack rate was 31st in the nfl according to football outsiders and that was 9.5 um, percent so you know they that offensive line had a lot of problems a lot of issues um in addition to that you know they're the, the team you know they played they played relatively slow. Um, they were 30th in the NFL in situ- situation neutral pace, so they weren't really running a ton of plays. Um, and just and this is despite having you know such a such a young offensive core, right? I mean, they had you know Joe Burrow's 25, Joe Mixon's 25, uh, J- Jamar Chase rookie, who we'll touch on here in a second, 22, T Higgins 23. So they have they have a lot of they have a, a pretty you know pretty young nucleus. Um, but you know, just you know, going back to Joe Burrow, he he had a he had a pretty damn good season, over forty six hundred yards, over thirty five touchdowns, um, and had and led the NFL in completion percentage despite spending a lot of time on his back. <laughs> uh, he's currently being drafted as the QB six, so that's about you know, around fifty fourth, I would say fifty fourth overall. So that's you know the middle of fifth, um, going going into the sixth round, fifth sixth round range. And he's being drafted in the same range as um, Lamar Jackson, who we just talked about, Kyler Murray, who we just talked about. Um, so that kind of begs the question, you know, who would you take in that range, um, you know, between those quarterbacks? I think I would, I'll, I'm taking Lamar, uh, the first one, and then I'll probably switch Kyler and Burrow. I think I would take Burrow before I take Lamar, uh, Kyler uh, just because of, you know, the weapons that Burrow has. And and uh, you know the improved offensive line. Yeah, How about I, you? I think. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. It would be Jackson over Jackson over Burrow, and then I'd probably go. It would be it would be a toss up between. Honestly, it would be a toss up between Burrow and Murray for me. Um, yeah, you know Burrow. Burrow has Jamar Chase. Burrow has T Higgins, um, two stud, basically number one wide receivers for the most part. Um, and Joe Burrow, I mean, despite being being hit all the time and being sacked the most in the NFL, he was ri- ridiculously efficient. Um, he was number one in production premium and number two in EPA, according to playerprofile.com. Number one in deep back, deep ball accuracy rating. Number one in pressured accuracy rating. So basically, if he's under pressure, he'll still throw an accurate ass pass. Um, and he was number three in deep ball catchable pass rate. So when he threw when he threw deep, <laughs> they were they were pretty much on the money. To, to to Jamar Chase and to T Higgins, um, and you know, hell, even it, even when he is protected, when he's finally protected from a clean pocket, who was number one in clean pocket percentage? Joe Burrow. So, mm. <laughs> so that 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 is that is uh, you know you know crazy 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 efficiency, and you know as the season went on, they, they started you know kind of ramping up their passing plays. Um, or, or ramping up their pace a little bit more, um, you know. But they, they still they they were still thirtieth in, in situ- situation neutral pace for the most part. They they still play pretty slow, but you know they 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 started they started to ramp it up in the playoffs. They started to ramp it up at the Super Bowl. They started ramping up as 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 the season progressed because you know the earlier the early part of the season, if you remember, Joe Burrow was still coming off the ACL injury, so he wasn't fully healthy, right? So there was a lot of things that. You know, they were trying to kind of, you know, kind of protect him, you know, play slow, feed the, you know, feed, feed Joe Mixon, who we'll talk about here in a second. And, you know, just make sure that, you know, he, your quarterback is, is going to, 
remain upright, but they didn't protect them that well. <laughs> at all. For whatever reason, they, um, they still weren't. It was, it was almost like they were mad at them or something, man, but yeah, they figured they it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on the so on the running back room, Joe Mixon, um, you know, he finished as the RB four overall last year. He had a breakout season, a you know, a career a career high in in, in total yards and in touches and touchdowns. He had sixteen touchdowns. He's currently being drafted over, you know, as, as the RB seven. So that's around the ten to fifteen range. So you know, the one two turn basically. I think that's a perfect spot for him. I think that's kind of where he was going last year. Maybe a little bit higher. Maybe towards the end of the maybe towards the end of the second round, he was going. He's just going a little yeah. bit higher. I think he's being. He's not being you know priced at a ceiling. I think he's being priced at just kind of just right where he should be. You know, but you know Joe Mixon. You know what, what you're you're going to get a lot. Of, you're going to get you know a lot of usage um, in the passing game. You're going to get a lot of usage in the red zone. Um, and in in Joe Mixon's one of his. His, one of his calling cards is and how efficient he is at, and how good he is at evading tackles and creating yards. He was seventh and eighth, respectively, in those categories this past year. And he, hell, he was seventh in breakaway runs at thir- with thirteen. So um, he he you know he had a he had a true breakout year. Finally, was able to stay healthy for the most part. Um, he was seventh in opportunities and seventh in, and snap share. So he was on the field. You know, you know, by and large, for the most part, you know, he wasn't he wasn't seeding touches from you know he wasn't seeding touches from uh, from uh, or to uh, Samaj P Ryan or any of the backup running backs um, for the most part. So yeah, Joe Mixon uh, he was he was pretty awesome in 2020, 2021. and I don't see any reason why that can't continue in twenty twenty two because they didn't bring in any they didn't bring in any other running backs to 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 really compete with them to really challenge them. They still have some IGP Ryan, but he's going to stay in the same role. And he's 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 going to be fantasy irrelevant unless something happens to Joe Mixon. So I so I think Joe Mixon. I don't think there's really too much to to add to to uh, to, Joe, to Joe Mixon. Do you have anything to add, Gene? I do not, man. It's just very 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 good season. Um, you know, he just had the freak injury in 2020, and you know he's been fairly fairly. Um, injury free for the most part for his career. So as long yeah. as we see that with the most Im- more improved offensive line, um, we should we should see the yards per carry go up. Um, so I, I think it's wills up for for Joe Mixon. And speaking of wills up, Jamar Chase. Let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into the wide receiver room. Um, Jamar Chase, man, uh, what can we say about his rookie year? Had more touchdowns than red zone targets. Thirteen versus twelve. <laughs> He had five 50-yard touchdown receptions uh, this past year. Um, you know, he finished with 80, over 80 catches, nearly 1,500 yards, despite only having 128 targets, which is only 17th in the NFL and seven and a half targets per game. Like, just think about that. Like, how efficient was this guy last year, right? Only a 23.7 target share, which was target share percentage, which was only 23rd in the league. And he finished as the wide receiver five overall. So when he got the ball, he got the ball, and he was just doing whatever he Damage. whatever he wanted with it. Damage. Like he was number one in production premium and number one in EPA per EPA um, in the NFL. And that's again, that's according to PlayerProfiler.com. And he was fourth in fantasy points per per target at two point three eight. So he wasn't even getting a shit ton of volume, and he was doing all this. You know, he was being you know super efficient. So just imagine if the you know the Bengals 
would continue would continue on the you know on the trajectory that they were on towards the end of the season when they were passing the ball a little bit more. Just imagine what Jamar Chase with more volume would do because he's already efficient. He's already damn good at what he's doing, what he's been doing. He already put up fourteen hundred yards, and he was only seventeenth in targets. <laughs> so just imagine what he can do with more volume. Jamar Chase with more volume is just absolutely scary, absolutely scary. And he's he's being drafted as the you know the wide receiver three overall. I think he's one of, I think that's he's one of you know three or maybe four wide receivers that's worth a first round pick this in in, in, in redraft leagues this year. You know, yeah. we have Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I'm sorry, yeah, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah. You could probably slot Devontae Adams in there, um, be, you know, but we don't know what, what's going to happen with him and, and Derek Carr. Uh, I know they have, you know, some history based, you know, when, they, when we play together at Fresno State. We'll talk about that that connection, you know, at, at a later show. And actually, next week, actually, uh, we'll we'll talk about the AFC West. Um, that's that's going to be another exciting one. But yeah, you know, Jamar Chase. I think I think it's I think he can improve <laughs> upon this, which is which is crazy to think. I think he I think he could be even better than than what he yeah. is. Because he he only he only had seven and a half targets per game as a number one receiver, you know you want to see that around nine. You know what, what 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 like what what would what would Jamar Chase's like stat lines you know stat lines look like if he had like nine and a half targets a game, ten targets a game, you know like the like the like the elite of the elite receivers like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and those guys like that type of volume. Imagine yeah. Jamar Chase with that kind of volume. That's just that's it's insane. And then his counterpart on the other side, T Higgins. He was pretty damn good himself, uh, but he only finished as a wide receiver 24 in 2021. Um, he's currently being drafted um, as the wide receiver 12 um, ahead of DJ D, uh, Deontay Johnson, who had 169 targets, Terry McLaurin, who had 130 targets, DK Metcalf, who had 127 targets, DJ Moore, who had 163 targets, um, Amari Cooper, who had 104, and Chris Godwin had 147 targets. Uh, the only thing, the, the main thing with these guys is that these are the primary pass catchers for their respective teams. And T. Higgins, I mean, as good as he is, as talented as he is, I, I think during his tenure in Cincinnati, I don't think he'll ever be the number one, the number one in Cincinnati. When, if, you know, as long as Jamar Chase is there, those other guys have clear pass to be their number one, their team's number one pass catching option. So with that said, who like would you take T. Higgins over any of these wide receivers that I mentioned? Um, because I, would I th- take him over. Mm, yeah, because for me, but, wide receiver twelve is 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 pretty rich. Um, for me, I mean, I, I know that I know that you know he's he 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 showed flashes in two in, in two thousand twenty one of potentially being a number one guy. Um, you know, Wild Chase is on the other side, but um, that's just. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know how much you can really count and bank on that. That's just my opinion. Yeah. There. See. Yeah. And the thing was that their offense was very, very, very efficient. And I think because of them improving the offensive line, I'm not sure if we're going to see the amount of throw. I mean, they threw the ball. I mean, they ran a lot of plays. They threw the ball a lot. Um, I mean, I would take. I, I mean, I would take DJ Moore over him. Uh, I would. I would probably take Higgins over DK. Um, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'll probably take Higgins over McLaurin. Um, and then uh, Deontay Johnson. 
I think yeah, I'll take we, Higgins over him too. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was the question that we had asked earlier. Um, yeah, I, I think I would take I would take Deontay over him. I would take DJ Moore over him. I I would not take DK Metcalf over him because you know we talked about DK Metcalf a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I definitely would not take Chris Godwin over him because you know he's coming off of an ACL injury and he's probably going to be um, you know hobbled at least you know for the early part of the season. Amari um, Cooper, I probably would not take over uh, T Higgins. So there, there's there's probably a couple of other guys in that, that that'll come up in that range as as the off season progresses. So uh, I think I think as of right now, there's probably like two or three guys that I would take over um, T Higgins in that range in that yeah. wide receiver twelve range. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then and then just to kind of round out that room, we have Tyler Boyd. His ADP is wide receiver fifty, so that's about one hundred. 18 overall he's basically the forgotten guy here because of what you know t higgins and and, and jamar chase did last year um, but you know he he can give you some spike weeks you know especially in a best ball best ball format or if you if you need a if you need a a, a fill in you know in a pinch you know during a bye week or you know or, or an injury or something something of the sort you know, to, you know Tyler Boyd. I mean, he can he can definitely you know fill in and and give you a couple of uh, you know solid PPR weeks, solid wide receiver, solid solid wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two, or I'm sorry, high end high end wide receiver three, uh, low end wide receiver two uh, weeks. He can definitely give you some of that um, every now and then. And then we have Hayden Hurst. He's basically free tight end twenty one. Um, you know, he's again he he'll he he I think I think he's more athletic. Than CJ Uzama, um, coming out of South Carolina, because you remember he was a former first round pick, he, so he was he was pretty highly touted. A little yeah. bit older older prospect coming out, but um, I, I think I think he has, like I said, like I said, you know, the early part of the show, he has some sort of uh, you know seam stretching abilities, uh, and yeah, he may be a, a, a decent target for for you know for Joe for Joe Burrow um, during the season. So we'll see. So yeah, um, outside of that, I mean, just just one question, just basically one question for the team: Will Jamar Chase and T Higgins be similar in targets and target share again um, in twenty twenty two? There was that there, there was a stretch, um, you know, the back half of the season where they were kind of close in targets. Um, Gene, what are your thoughts on um, on on that? I I mean I do think they'll be similar this year um as long as they both can be healthy. I know uh, there was times where uh Higgins was in and out of the the, the lineup because of injury and then once he got pretty much healthy and reacclimated into the offense, I mean they were pretty much on par with everything. I mean T Higgins had more yards, had more fantasy points on a little uh two less targets. So um I think I mean, they they both can't be doubled, so somebody yeah. somebody's gonna eat. So um, I think for this offense to work, I think they I think they should be similar. Um, you know, they they could both stretch the field. They could both uh, kill people after the catch. They can do intermediate. Like they could both do everything. So I, I just don't see a reason why you just won't you know feed them both, man. Let them both let let them both eat. <laughs> yeah, you know, con- condensed conden- uh, condense the passing game to just those two guys and a little bit of Tyler Boyd in, 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 in odd weeks, right? I think that I think that makes the most sense for this for this team, and I, I think you know they'll continue to ramp up the passing volume. 
you know, with the improved offensive line, I think they'll have a little bit more confidence, you know, dropping Joe Burrow back there, um, you know, more, you know, on more, you know, having more dropbacks for Joe Burrow, you know, with, with that improved offensive line. So I think the, there's going to be even more pass volume and they could be potentially up, up, hopefully in the top 10 of, you know, in, in, in pace in pace and pass rate, you know, hopefully they can, they can take that leap and then be even more, be even more dangerous as an offense. Because again, <laughs> Joe Burrow threw for 4,700 yards and they were, you know, the second, third to last in situation neutral play pace. Um, so uh, I think there's a lot of, a lot of room for growth um, for this offense, which is scary to even say based yeah. on everything that they did last year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And again, like as we go through these, um, just you want to target good offenses because you have a limited amount of space on your roster. So, and this is this is prime example. This is one of the offenses that you want to target because it's condensed. You, you know where to, you you know where the targets are going. So, uh, definitely, like like I say, you want a piece of them uh, if if you want to be potentially up in there and trying to compete in the playoffs or whatnot. So, you know that that ends our AFC North team fantasy outlooks. Like he said, he already he already dropped the ball. We're going to be doing the AFC West next week, so uh, you know, tap in with us and, and take a listen again. Uh, this is Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. You can follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. You know, follow us on Under the Destination Debbie Radio Network on on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We got a bunch of bunch of different things happening. You got the Four D Chess guys. You got Elite Seekers. You got wake up with Ray G and, and Jay Rich. So, you know, tap in with us. We got a lot of things, a lot of different different spaces in, in the fantasy world that, that we touch on. So, you know, you can get a little bit of everything with us. So, Ike, you got anything before we get out of here? Uh, nah, man. Uh, again, you know, we appreciate y'all, you know, tuning in and tapping in. And we'll hope, we hope that you you guys enjoy, you know, these, these team previews. We just want to give a little, um, you know, just we want to break down each of these teams. Um, as effectively and as efficiently as possible, um, you know, division by division. And hopefully, you know, you guys are, you know, getting some more actionable information and gives you some direction in terms of, you know, where you, uh, where you're, where you're targeting certain players um, in your upcoming drafts. Um, I, we know that, you know, most of the, you know, most of the draft season is in August. So it's a little bit of a ways to a ways away, but if you guys are drafting early, this will give you some, you know, some decent practice on, you know, what guys to target and, and some opportunities um, to take advantage of um, from an ADP's perspective. Yep. On that note, we hopefully y'all have a good week, you know, and we'll 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 tap in with y'all next week. Y'all have a good day. Peace out.